we'll tell our listeners to keep their ears out for a baritone over the Edinburgh airwaves. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, please, yeah, please do, because you know, I yeah, yeah, I'll I'll be putting putting stuff out. Uh, you know, hopefully. Yeah. So my so yeah. So maybe that's a bit of context. So um, my parents are professional opera singers. Oh, wow. Um, work, work, you know, work, working, you know, in, in the industry. So um, it's not that much of a leap for me to to go and do that. You know, that's actually what I've got. Uh, that's what I grew up with. The yeah. physics is 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 my the own. Space. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, actually, I mean, my my dad is a whole other character. I mean, he did. You know, he he trained as a ballet dancer and then did a biochemistry degree and then became an opera singer. You know, and then wow. started training with actors. So, I mean, you can see where I get the sort of just random, <laughs> you know, just sort of random tangents and, uh, you know, uh, general craziness from. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm not trying to have a career that's like that, but it's just sort of unfolding that way. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it seemed, and, and yeah, just the way the world has gone. I mean, everybody's doing, you know, more than one thing, right? I mean, yeah. uh, it sort of has, to, it has to be that way uh yeah well i'm I'm really excited to see where your phd takes you i feel like you're yeah. you're bringing together a lot of different ideas they're quite different yep. but they also seem to yep. merge quite well so sort of yeah. yeah i mean it's yeah i don't know i mean it, it, it's it's so the, the the phd is is funded by the the school of physics and astronomy uh, at the university of edinburgh it's not tied to any funding count, council so what this is is the way that phds used to be yeah you know back back in the olden days you would you know you know, be paid to do a PhD in physics mm. and you would explore lots of different areas and, uh, you know, it, the, the, there might be lots of different ways that, that you would construct a thesis out of that. You know, maybe it would just be one, you know, key results that, you know, got published in Nature or something like that, or it might be a, a longer, larger body of work. Um, and so that's why you sometimes, if you're ever Googling, you come across theses that say things like, you know, on aspects of mm. you know, this whole field <laughs> and it's basically and it's basically it will be a series of you know maybe you know three or four papers right. that they've published on that area that will be sort of bound up and put in, into a thesis yeah. i mean it's not it's not thesis by publication but it, it's it's that sort of a thing yeah awesome. so i'm very, very lucky to have that sort of uh, freedom with it yeah that's nice When you were talking about chaos theory, it reminded me of the story. I, th I can't remember the name of the researcher, but it was actually how he figured out that the weather system was this chaotic thing, because oh, he gosh. was yeah. he was putting in um, he was you know inputting the equations. Um, so th yeah, this is, this is a guy called um, uh, Ed Lorenz who uh, wrote a paper in the I'm trying to remember now. I think it's the fifties in in which he sh he showed for uh, a very particular kind of uh, situation effectively convection so uh, convection is the kind of effect where you know you leave your radiator on and you it kind of gets hot and you can if you take a piece of tissue paper and put it up above the radiator it will sort of blow upwards slightly and so his he simulated the equations that describe that sort of phenomenon and he ran ran it inside a computer now i can't remember I used to know the 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 the, the full the, the full story along around this, but it's very complicated. But effectively, you know, he he was able to 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 find that that uh, you know if if you have some sort of small error in those in those initial conditions. Um, so the, I think the common thing people say it's a mis mistyped number. I'm not sure that's 
that's actually the true story. I think that's. I think that might be the folklore. I think he had it on a printout, and it was fewer decimal places than he was inputting yes. to the system in the first place. So he was going to just copy it over, and then he yes. realized that this change in rounding up the decimal place had an absolute, yeah. you know, crazy effect on the actual outcome. Yes, you you get you get you get completely different, completely different results, um, effectively, and that that is what became known as the butterfly effect. But it's it's um why it's called the butterfly effect that 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 whole story is also is a is a piece of folklore it's got nothing i don't think it's got anything to do with butterflies flapping wings i think it's actually <laughs> because, i think i think it's actually because um you can draw these diagrams called uh, phase space diagrams which sounds sort of some kind of star trekky kind of thing uh which are basically plots of um you know what? That's really complicated. I'm not going to explain that in the time we got left. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm just, yeah. I just. I. I yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to explain Facebook. Um, there's actually. Um, there's a very good YouTube channel called Veritasium, and he did a whole series of videos on chaos theory. So if you want to go and find out more, that's a good place. Exactly. I mean, I. I yeah. But basically, these diagrams look like butterfly wings. I think Ed Lorenz was due to give a lecture i think in brazil and he didn't give a title for the lecture and so the guy the the guy who was running the the, the lecture series said oh um uh you know i'll just have to make up a title and so saw that these diagrams look like butterflies with wings and i think that's where the whole butterfly wing came from i think that's an even better story yeah like, yeah so well, person somewhere thought let's make this public accessible <laughs> yeah and let's call it the butterfly effect yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's I mean, everything. I think most, most uh, scientists' uh, stories tend to revolve around conferences uh, <laughs> of, of one kind or another. <laughs> I feel like we've gone so many places in this conversation. I totally forgot yes. where we were. Sorry, that's the way. That's just the way my my mind works. I'm quite. No, it's um, great. It's fascinating. It's really all over the place. Yeah, I'm learning yeah. many things. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I this this uh, yeah, it's interesting doing doing this. Uh, you know, just just over speech because um, as a physicist, um, the way that I think about the world is very very visual. Mm. Um, uh, when I'm actually uh, trying to solve a problem or, or come up with a new idea or something like that, m- my approach, because I'm a sort of physical physicist as opposed to somebody who's uh, led by mathematical intuition is you know i close my eyes and i imagine the, the physical situation that that's happening um yeah uh, so i'm sort of itching to sort of draw a picture and a diagram and you know, explain <laughs> things but you know it doesn't quite work over audio um, uh but yeah no i mean yeah you you can and there's loads of great youtube channels that that, that cover that sort of stuff uh, uh made to mind professor simon oh no not professor he's not he's not quite a professor uh, dr simon clark uh, runs a, a youtube channel which covers a lot of uh, atmospheric uh, science material, and in that way, he's able to go into a lot of depth because you he can do you know really these amazing graphics. I don't. I it's interesting thinking about it because I I don't think I know a, a scientist who who does explain things you know without diagrams and pictures. Mm. If anything, physicists are famous for explaining things with with you know pictorial imagery if you ever get a chance you should look at uh one of roger penrose's lectures uh where he you know will hand draw 
these very abstract, you know, mathematical objects. Yeah. And and that's and he's doing that because that is how he sees it. it it's mm. not because he's trying to communicate. It's not because it's a psych, science communication thing. It is because that's the way that people think about it. Yeah, and you know, mathematics is such a complicated language all of its own. There's no way everyone's going to be able to understand it at the yeah. same depth. So I guess that visual that visual medium is is really good for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, unfortunately, it's just the way nature is. I mean, the 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 it just nobody knows why, but it just seems to be that the best language to describe the way that uh, nature works is mathematics. Uh, we all wish it was something else, um, but yeah, it, it's it, you know it's one it's one of the great questions. Um, you know, wh- why is it that that mathematics is so effective at describing uh, the world in which we live? Um, I also wonder, you know, you know, having, you know, having, you know, having been asked about what it is that I do, and also, you know, having to think about how to communicate that. Um, there is, yeah, I think I mentioned it. There, there is, there is this this issue about talking about research that is in progress, effectively, um, and so I, I think people, and this is also from my experience of talking to 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 scientists um you know when i've done my own sort of science communication work is is that there is this sort of fear of failure factor that goes into any kind of conversation that you have in that any results that they're talking about that they've you know recently got or something you know could be overturned you know next week yeah and and you see that if you look at you know the greats you know Brian Cox etc you know on on BBC programs they will always talk about much broader themes uh, rather than the really specific details and i think and i and I, I do think that that's actually because of this sort of fear of failure thing about not not you know wanting to be wrong um, as opposed to what i perhaps thought it was uh, which is the the idea that the people that the public won't understand the really detailed science that's current. I actually think that the public are perfectly capable of understanding anything um, at all. You know, any any depth. Uh, I I don't believe in this this idea about you know I you know IQs or this these these ideas about that you have to talk down to a general audience. I yeah I do I do think it, it it's about this this the, the the issue of of not of trying to avoid you know to talking about things that that are too current you know all of the results that I've talked about it's completely plausible that in you know five years time that you know somebody's found a mistake in the code that ran the simulation or something like that I don't think you know I don't think that's going to happen you know if we thought that, that was going to happen we wouldn't have published the results right um, but it's it's completely possible. There's, I think that's an element that I've liked about biology is that it's very, kind of what you're saying about it being very visual. It's either there or it's not there. And it's very right. easy to say, you know, like I in the lab, I used to work with fish and the fish either have the thing or they don't have the thing. Right, and, exactly. You know, yeah. and then you can, you can debate why or why not they have it. Yes. But it's, you can't, you, you, there is a fact, you know, that it is there and then, yes. then we figure out why. Yes. Um, and I quite like that that element of, you know, being able to see it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. No. Exactly. Well, seeing is believing, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
the minute you start to bring a physical picture in, into the situation, it's those moments where you start to see people's eyes flash up and they, that they get it. Yeah. I come from a bit more of a, an ecology background. I think, Helena, you're mm-hmm. a bit more biomed, right? Um, what I quite like about ecology is that working in the field is really messy. And so a lot of what you do in the analysis is you're kind of accepting the fact that it's going to be messy and there's going to be all this yeah. variation and you're, you're just, you're working with it instead of trying to fight against it, which is something I quite yeah. appreciated for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and that's that whole thing with, with, with people having different training, right? Mm. I mean, uh, the, something that I would consider, uh, something that um, I might consider messy or just like not doable would be something that perhaps in your field you would go and do. Yeah. You would, you would, you know, you know, say, oh, this effect is here. Um, whereas in, in another field, you know, they would, you know, it would be a large field campaign or something over like 50 years <laughs> to actually yeah. establish the result. Um, and I don't know what that's about. I sometimes wonder whether it's just like a, a kind of intuition that, that people uh, as a field sort of gain over time that then sort of gets passed on between the generations of scientists about, mm. you know, what's going to be correct. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, there's an interesting question about uh, results in social sciences versus re- re- fundamental results in physics. Mm. Um, and you know, if you have if uh, you know a, a result in physics which is known you know very strictly to you know five sigma, uh, that sort of fact has a sort of different weight to. Some I can't think of a random social science statistical result, but but you know you you hear it all the time on the news. You know somebody said that oh you know uh, you know twenty three percent you know of you know chickens with with left feet you know uh, you know lay eggs you know two times a day or something. You know it would be some <laughs> sort of you know yeah. some sort of something like that. Um, you know will be known to a completely different sort of. Uh, precision or, or accuracy or, or even just confident in more just general confidence level yeah. you know if you went to a different farm you know and did the same study h- how can you be sure that your result is going to be the, the same yeah yeah i mean okay chickens is a really bad example <laughs> that sounds like biology that's not at all what i mean um but in social i'm trying i can't think of a social example but when people are having a social in so when there's a social factor social interaction where things are much more complicated yeah in fact i would argue more complicated than the weather even mm. um then you know the, the the your confidence your overall confidence in, in what you're stating is going to be different yeah but there was a there was a debate about that actually because uh, so many scientists are focused on getting you know p under zero point zero five and if you can yes. get it under there then you're good yes. and there was a kind of there was a whole debate people saying it doesn't like it's great but it, it's at the end of the day it's a it's a confidence level and what's more important is does your effect matter is it big enough yeah. to even matter if you have a difference yeah. of one percent yeah who, like really yeah. do we care <laughs> yes yes no exactly <laughs> even if it's exactly. very statistically you know kind of like if there's yeah. a huge confidence do, exactly. do we really care which i yeah. think is, is a really different perspective yes um, yeah in biology and it, and it makes me think about um uh so something that i came up against all the time with with the psychom stuff particularly with climate i did a lot of climate science stuff mm. um uh was the was people it was a general public um, misunderstanding um, 
uh, what a fact was, right, in terms of, you know, science generally. And so somebody would come up to me and go, oh, you know, they said on the radio, uh, oh, that there was this study and they, they've shown that people with, you know, Alzheimer's, you know, driving cars around a forest and following directions have got, you know, this sort of IQ or whatever. Um, and you know, 10 days later, you know, this result was shown to be just completely false. It was a random fluke, but the study was still published in, in a journal. The study was still published in a journal. So, you know, how, how, why, why should I believe anything that the climate scientists are saying? Mm, you know, what if, yeah. you know, you know, the, the, the publications that, you know, they publish in journals. So what's the difference? Um, and, and that's, that's a really difficult topic, right? Because you don't want to be trying to pit social science social science against what some people call i want to put it in quotes sort of hard science or the physical sciences mm -hmm. um uh, particularly on on social issues such as climate change where actually we need the understanding that the social sciences have to better communicate the the climate knowledge that is there yeah um uh, and you get into all sorts of conflicts in in that sort of thing because the, the climate the climate um, act a lot of climate activists not all but a, a, a lot of people um, get very uh, narrowed down about they will only discuss results that support a very particular narrative surrounding climate change uh, and and yeah and, and so they will you know, they can be accused of cherry picking and sometimes quite rightly. Mm. Um, the, the climate scientists know, I mean, <laughs> are not, you know, you, you, it doesn't, doesn't work. It doesn't work that in that direction. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's really become this horrible mess of where you've got, the, the, there is some cherry picking going on and it, it can sometimes be the climate activists because they don't want to disrupt, you know, their very particular narrative. Um, but you're seeing that in all fields all the time. I think I'm just very aware yeah. of it in, in, in climate science. Um, yeah, and it's kind of the same when you're doing outreach. You want to make sure that people come away from your whatever you're running with the message that you want them to get. So it's it's yeah. hard to include then, you know, You can almost muddy the waters, like I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes, no, that's a very, that's a very good way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I guess when it comes to, to climate activism, that's, I guess, very much the same. We're trying so hard to get people to firstly just believe in climate change. And if you're bringing in this shadow of uncertainty, it might put people yeah. off, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know if there's yeah. anything we can do about that. I don't know if, if we need to be better at communicating uncertainty. Oh yeah, I mean the, the weather forecasting is is a great example of that. Mm. I mean uh, communication of, of of uncertainty. You know, I I, I talked about it, it, there's so many uh, there's so many ways that you could misunderstand a communication of an uncertainty. Yeah. Um. Uh, and and you you see that uh, because uh, so climate projections have got uncertainties associated with them, and actually they're really complicated. Uh, numbers and, and statistical yeah. setups to to arrive at those uncertainties and and what they mean, um, and you know we haven't even talked about the idea of risk as well. So if you've got mm. you know what if 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 it's a you know twenty percent chance of there being you know a five degree increase in, in global average temperature, what what does that mean in terms of risk? You know, does is that the end of the planet? 
you know or, yeah. or does that just mean um you know that that a certain population has got to move somewhere else you know making things you know it's a really simple example um uh so it, yeah it basically i've concluded that the world is full of subtleties <laughs> and uh, as humans we like things to be uh you know for want of a better phrase black and white yeah we need it to be like we, we want things very clear like it's 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 either a zero or it's a one it's either happening or it's not happening yeah. or it's it's either this effect or it's not this effect it's and cloudy or it's world... not <laughs> yes exactly exactly and uh, or it's raining or it's not you know and where does yeah. fog go into that or you know where you know you've got water on you you know um uh you know it, it, it where, where you know there's there's just so many different ways you can think about that mm. um wow yeah <laughs> We, we keep ending up in, in very deep places. I, I quite enjoy it. I love it. it. We've, yeah. we've covered everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I live, I live with a philosopher and it's, it's, uh, sometimes it's just completely exhausting. <laughs> you know, it's just the, the conversation always uh, ends up uh, to, to the statement, uh, you know, is there absolute truth or not? <laughs> you know, you know, no, no, matter, no matter what your starting point, you know, um, you know we've had conversations which, which begin with... Um, Oh, uh, you know, is this a quiche or is this not a quiche? Um, and and that will end up with, and that will end up that will that will be four hours of discussion to land with. You know, is there absolute truth or is there not absolute truth? Um, Instead, we don't have on the table. We're still waiting on the quiche. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's just just you know, it's, it's you know, it's about it often because it, it it's semantics and how do you name things and it's arbitrary yeah, yeah. and. Um, uh, you know, there's cultural things going on, um, uh, but uh, but the the point is that you can actually take any issue yeah. and and end up at the same kind of destination, um, uh, which I and I never understand why that doesn't happen on you know when you listen to things on the radio when they're talking about really strange sort of abstract mute points. And it's like, why doesn't this sort of deepen and go into like, what is this you're actually discussing? Mm. Uh, you know, is that I do not believe in you know your your perspective or your your mm. your frame of reference. Yeah. I've discovered that if you click the first link on every Wikipedia page, you will end up at the page philosophy. All all pages will lead you to philosophy. Whoa. And clearly, that's I think that says something about the world. <laughs> you, you as in like you always click on the next on you yeah, click on so a random it, link and then you click. So if you if one. you if you're on a page and you click the first link that is not in a in parentheses, yeah, and then yeah. on the page that you end up, you do the same thing and you keep doing that, yeah. you will always end up in philosophy. That, <laughs> I know that makes to me that makes sense. To to me that makes a lot of sense, uh, except unless I, I can imagine not to use the word face space again, but I could imagine, <laughs> I could imagine because face space is basically just about possibilities and you know what, 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 where can things go. Um, so I, I would imagine that there was, there's probably sort of, it would be, there will be some sort of geometrical surface which defines where you're going to end up. And I would imagine philosophy is some sort of deep pit where if you follow, <laughs> if you, if you, if after like three or four results, you, you've, you've got to a certain point, like you're definitely going to fall yeah. into the pit of philosophy. Mm. I'm going to, I'll actually have to try this and see yeah. whether that happens at all. <laughs> Thank you.